I'd like you to take your Bibles. We're going to turn to Leviticus 13 and Leviticus 14, page 124 in your Bible. Leviticus 13 and 14. And uh, then I'd like us to sing Psalm 22 after we've begun our scripture reading. So we'll be singing Psalm 22. Notice I added a psalm there. Um, verses 1, 3, and 6. This, I would think, is a psalm that we don't sing too often. Maybe every Good Friday. I'm quite sure we would sing it every Good Friday. But it's a song of the leper, the one who is put outside the camp, the one who is forsaken, Jesus Christ. But before we get there, let's read Leviticus 13 and 14, or just portions of it. Let's take a sample from both of those chapters. Leviticus 13, how about the first eight verses? And the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, When a man has on the skin of his body a swelling, a scab, or a bright spot, and it becomes on the skin of his body like a leprous sore, then he shall be brought to Aaron the priest, or to one of his sons the priests. The priest shall examine the sore on the skin of the body, and if the hair on the sore has turned white, and the sore appears to be deeper than the skin of his body, it is a leprous sore. Then the priest shall examine him and pronounce him unclean. But if the bright spot is white on the skin of his body and does not appear to be deeper than the skin and its hair has not turned white, then the priest shall isolate the one who has the sore seven days. And the priest shall examine him on the seventh day. And indeed, if the sore appears to be as it was and the sore has not spread on the skin, then the priest shall isolate him another seven days. Then the priest shall examine him again on the seventh day, and indeed, if the sore has faded, and the sore has not spread on the skin, then the priest shall pronounce him clean. It is only a scab, and he shall wash his clothes and be clean. But if the scab should at all spread over the skin, after he has been seen by the priest for his cleansing, he shall be seen by the priest again. And if the priest sees that the scab has indeed spread on the skin, then the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is leprosy. Just want you to take note as we turn the page that there is a lot here about leprosy, about uh, leprous plagues, the way it's um, contagious, all the fabric, anything that makes contact with leprosy. And so we get to chapter 14. Let's take a few verses from chapter 14. Verses 1 through 9. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, This shall be the law of the leper for the day of his cleansing. He shall be brought to the priest. And the priest shall go out of the camp, and the priest shall examine him. And indeed, if the leprosy is healed in the leper, then the priest shall command to take for him, who is to be cleansed, two living and clean birds, cedar wood, scarlet, and hyssop. And the priest shall command that one of the birds be killed in an earthen vessel over running water. As for the living bird, he shall take it, the cedar wood and the scarlet and the hyssop, and dip them and the living bird in the blood of the bird that was killed over the running water. And he shall sprinkle it seven times on him who is to be cleansed from the leprosy, and shall pronounce him clean, and shall let the living bird loose in the open field. He who is to be cleansed shall wash his clothes, 
shave off all his hair, and wash himself in water, that he may be clean. After that, he shall come into the camp, and shall stay outside his tent seven days. But on the seventh day, he shall shave all the hair off his head, and his beard, and his eyebrows, all his hair he shall shave off. He shall wash his clothes, and wash his body in water, and he shall be clean. That's our reading. Before we turn to Luke chapter 4 and 5, I forgot to read from Luke 13, just two more verses. I wanted to add two more. It goes like this, verse 45 of Luke 13. Now the leper on whom the sore is, his clothes shall be torn and his head bare, and he shall cover his upper lip or his mustache, so imagine a face mask, and cry, unclean, unclean. He shall be unclean. All the days he has the sore, he shall be unclean. He is unclean. And he shall dwell alone. His dwelling shall be outside the camp. That was Leviticus 13, verses 45 and 46. Now, I invite you to take Luke chapter 4. We'll just read the final verses of Luke 4 again. Page 1184. Then we'll read... Partway into Luke 5. Luke 4, beginning at verse 40. When the sun was setting, all those who had any that were sick with various diseases brought them to him. And he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. And the demons also came out of many, crying out and saying, You are the Christ, the Son of God. And he, rebuking them, did not allow them to speak, for they knew that he was the Christ. And when it was day, he departed and went into a deserted place, and the crowd sought him and came to him and tried to keep him from leaving them. But he said to them, I must preach the kingdom of God to the other cities also, because for this purpose I have been sent. And he was preaching in the synagogues of Galilee. So it was, as a multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night, caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all. And followed him. Let's now focus on these next verses. And it happened when he was in a certain city that behold, a man who was full of leprosy saw Jesus. 
And he fell on his face and implored him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Then he put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing. Be cleansed. Immediately the leprosy left him. And he charged him to tell no one, but go, show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing as a testimony to them, just as Moses commanded. However, the report went around concerning him all the more, and great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. So he himself often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. May the Lord add his blessing to this word. Just a, just a quick note to notice the next miracle, verse 17, is the miracle of the man who is paralyzed, who is lowered through the ceiling, through the roof, to be healed. After the sermon, we're going to be singing Before the Throne of God Above. That's in the provisional handout, and uh, it's page 52, page 53. Congregation, loved by Jesus Christ our Lord, do you know what's disgusting? You probably do. We all have an idea of what is disgusting. But you need to think about this. What's the most disgusting thing that you've ever experienced? And it has to be something worse than just cleaning toilets. You have to think about disgust because you know you just don't get over it. It makes you sick to the gut. It makes you pull back. You, you jump back. You get away. You're grossed out. Now we had a glimpse of that just moments ago. Apostle, I remember the disciple Peter, he's in the boat and he's got this whole boatload of fish. And his response at realizing who Jesus is, he says, depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. That's Peter saying, I am disgusting to you, aren't I? Get away from me, Lord. You are the most holy God. Why are you even close to me? Get away from me. No, Peter. No, Peter, you don't even know Jesus Christ, do you? Because the next thing we hear about in Luke 5, watch this leper now. Watch this person with a skin disease. Watch this unclean person come toward Jesus, bow down before Jesus. Lord, if you are willing. Lord, if you aren't grossed out by me. Lord, if you find it in yourself to touch me. You could make me clean. That's the message we're hearing this morning. Come to Jesus Christ. Come to Jesus Christ for your cleansing. We've got three points. First of all, the terror. The terror, the horror of being a leper. Leprosy is not really a thing anymore. Not in our modern Western world. Chances are you probably have not met somebody with leprosy. There's Hansen's disease. 
There, there's so much about it that's treatable these days that when we come to the story in Luke, we aren't quite familiar with the terror of having leprosy or finding out that you have leprosy. The answer is not healing. I know, chances are, even as we go home this morning and we're talking about what the sermon was about, what was the scripture about, you might say Jesus healed a leper. You might say this is about healing. But that doesn't show up here. Notice the word clean and cleansing. Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. And, and you have to realize that the Skin disease of leprosy is not simply a medical condition. If you met a leper back in the day, if you lived a couple thousand years ago, you wouldn't say, oh, just go see a doctor. The word in the scriptures is, he's unclean. And by that, please, especially for the children, don't think that means he's dirty. Previous chapter, Luke 4 we were reminded of the story of Naaman, the Syrian. He was a leper. He was one of these outsiders, not only because he was a leper, but he was an outsider because he was not from Israel. He was a Gentile, Second Kings 5. There's the prophet Elisha. He tells Naaman to wash in the Jordan River seven times. But it's not because lepers are dirty. They're unclean in a different way. And the skin because the skin is falling apart, because the skin is opening up and rotting, only then can you see that the inside of a human being is actually pretty nasty. What's under your skin? You want to know what's disgusting? Look into someone's heart. We heard that in Mark chapter 7 before hearing the law. Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean deep down. He knows as doctors, he could maybe do something on the outside, like putting on a Band-Aid. But the skin disease isn't just to be healed. Getting rid of a rash isn't enough. God has taught his people, and the Old Testament people knew that so well, that humans are unclean. They're ceremonially unclean. And just as a little side note, the first time you ever hear or read about unclean in the Bible, do you remember where that is? Where do you hear about clean and unclean? The ark. The ark and the great flood, the time of Noah. And Noah had to load up two of every clean animal and seven, I don't know if it's seven pairs or seven of each clean animal, but the clean animal were the ones that were to be eaten. They were the ones that you could use for sacrifices. They would be brought to the temple. They would be good for the Lord God. They were good for anything. But the unclean animals are wrong. They're unacceptable, unholy. And so the problem, getting back to this, the problem for lepers is that they were unclean. They were unacceptable. They were unholy. And, and here's a word for it. Disgusting. 
And I know most Bible translations don't use that word. The Bible has great words for this. Abomination. Detestable. Abhorrence. There's other words for gross in the Bible. And it's really the people with the skin diseases who gave the best view of what's inside of a human being. Because when your skin peels back, you know the problem's not just skin deep. Sin is a heart problem. There's pollution there. It's festering. It's contagious. It's terrifying. And so these people, they had to dress in torn clothes. Don't cover this up. Don't make yourself look pretty. Don't make yourself look like you have it all together. No, you dress in torn clothes and you better be shouting, unclean, unclean. You better be living outside the camp, outside of town, outside the city, because you are an outsider. You are unrighteous, unholy, and disgusting. Can you imagine what it's like to be forsaken by everyone, even your own family? Your family would maybe offer you, prepare you food, and they would bring it into the opening of a clearing, and they would place it on a stump, and they would retreat, and then out from the shadows would come the leper to take whatever you've offered them so that you would not get anywhere close. There's something deadly about them. The point is, we shouldn't just read this and think, oh, here's someone who needs to be healed. You should see this miracle of the Lord Jesus as someone who's willing to come toward the Lord Jesus, and Jesus is willing to make him clean. The Lord Jesus is willing to make your heart clean and to purify you. And let me just pause for a moment just to get a bigger picture because Luke is writing this. Luke is a doctor and he knows a lot more about leprosy than we do. But as he wrote this, he's lining up three miracles of faith. Three different kinds of faith. We have to understand what faith is because don't we need to believe in the Lord Jesus. So we had this first faith that we encountered, was it two weeks ago, the, the fish miracle. Remember Peter? Remember Peter with his kind of faith that was like, okay, sir, whatever. You want me to lower that net on that deep side? You can imagine Peter with the eye roll. We've been toiling all night. Sir, what do you know about fishing? We caught nothing. Nevertheless, and this was Peter's faith, that nevertheless, at your word, because you say so, I will let down your net. And now we've had that sample of faith which is full of doubt, full of skepticism. And you saw Jesus reward whatever that faith was. And it was a monstrous miracle. All the fish that they caught. But watch what's coming next. After this leper story, there's again more about faith. And it's the guy who's lowered through the roof. Remember the ceiling opened up? 
the lower. And Jesus looks at this man who's in front, the paralyzed man, and he says, it says in Luke, he saw their faith. That's an interesting thing. We'll have to get to that. He saw the faith of the four men who were helping their friend. But back to this. Right now here, Luke has something about faith of this leper. And we we see this awful scene, this terrible scene. And what is the faith of the leper? He is coming to Jesus. That's it. The faith of the leper is he's coming as he is, as unclean, as detestable, as gross as he is, with his rotting flesh, with his rotting heart, and this is faith. I can do nothing to make myself pure. I can do nothing to make myself clean. I cannot make myself acceptable. But all I can do, and this is faith, all I can do is hope, Lord, that you would cleanse me. I hope, Lord, that you would find it in yourself to cleanse me. Lord, are you willing to make me acceptable? Is that something you want for me? Faith is not cleaning yourself up first so that you can come to Jesus. Faith is not removing all your doubts first that you come to Jesus. Faith is coming to Jesus. That's all. So get back to this leper. Back to this leper and the terror that he lives with. He's been living a picture of excommunication. A picture of someone who is outside the kingdom of God. And I know I should really emphasize this because it surprises people these days. So many people in the world, the world is all about equity, inclusivity, accepting everyone. And it surprises Christians to read this in their Bibles, to read that God has set people outside and said they are unclean. They may not enter. And you hear this, and you're just soaked in this world's idea that God loves everyone. There is no outsider. There's no outcast. There is no hell. And this leper stands up. And he says, I know something about hell. I know a lot about hell. I've been thrown outside. There is zero communion for me. No fellowship. No righteousness. I'm allowed nowhere near God, His temple, His people. And my skin, my skin disease is just the surface of my problem because I am unclean and God knows it. He begs, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Lord, if you're willing... If you want to, you can make me acceptable. You can let me in. You can make me righteous. You can make me holy. If you will, you can take me in. Into your temple. Into your very presence. 
Now here's the moment. Because the leper, with only the faith to crawl forward, to come forward, to walk forward, shouting, unclean, unclean, as he's coming to Jesus. Doing like he should be doing. You can imagine the crowd scrambling out of his way. And the leper falls on his face and implores him. It's a fancy word for saying he begs the Lord Jesus. I know you can, Lord. I know you have the authority. I know you have the power. But will you? Is it something you want for me? Do you have it in your heart, Lord, to cleanse my heart, Lord? In his answer, Jesus says, I am willing. Let's go to our second point the touch. Jesus says, I want to do this for you. And now we see the heart of the Lord Jesus. The leper assumes Jesus can cleanse him. Remember? He knows Jesus has the power and he has the authority. And you too, as you hear this story, you you know in so many ways, intellectually, that Jesus Christ is at the right hand of God. You, You believe this, that he has all authority in heaven and on earth, but is he willing to cleanse you. And don't just think of healing, solving your problems in your life, but is it His will? Is it God's will to make you clean from the inside out? Is it God's will that you would fight for purity and for holiness? Because this now is the gospel of God in a miracle. Jesus Let's, let's go back and think about how Jesus began his ministry. It was hardly a page ago in Luke's gospel. The ministry of Jesus Christ, as he sits in front of the people, Isaiah 61, he has read out loud, Luke 4 mentions, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to bring good news to the poor, heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captive, sight for the blind. How about cleansing for the leper? Is this why you've been anointed by the Holy Spirit? Is this your ministry? So Jesus says, watch me. I'm going to take the most disgusting person you can think of. The one you recoil from. I'm going to take someone whose skin shows the honest truth about what's in your heart. Jesus says, I will show you that the one who knows he could never prove himself, the one who could never make himself holy, the one who could never make himself acceptable, when he comes toward me, You know what I'm going to do? I will make him acceptable and clean. Watch this gospel in one miracle. Jesus Christ moving toward the most outcast, unclean, unacceptable person 
who merely comes toward him. And Jesus touches him. Notice the order of this, that Jesus touches first and then cleanses him. Jesus touches first, speaks to him, then cleanses him. That means, just think about this, that the Lord Jesus reached out and touched the leper whose skin is rotting, oozing pus, stinking, festering, and then Jesus speaks and cleanses him. How long has it been since somebody reached out to touch that leper? How long has it been since somebody reached out to touch you and wasn't repulsed by you, disgusted by you? Jesus didn't step back. He said, I am willing. He reached his hand. He put out his hand toward this leper. He says, I really want to. I find it in my heart. It's my own good pleasure. That's, that's the word of Ephesians 1 verse 5. My own good pleasure. It's what I find in myself to do. Why should I show mercy and compassion? It's because of my heart. Who I am. You could never convince me that you are clean enough. You could never convince me that you are worthy enough. That you're good enough to somehow come toward me. It's in my heart, Jesus says. So he reaches out to touch the unclean leper. I want to do this. Be cleansed. And immediately the leprosy left him. That's the miracle we have. There's the gospel. Jesus' ministry, you see his heart right there. And, and what about the faith of the leper? Do you know what the faith of the leper was? The leper believes something about Jesus' heart. There's a willingness there in Jesus, isn't there? If you are willing, Lord Jesus, you could do this. Turns out he is willing. Third point, the testimony. Verse 13 says, Immediately his leprosy left him. This is getting good. Immediately, not after a couple of weeks or on a new diet, not after some special pills and 14 days of that, it was instant. The leprosy was gone and, and now the question is, what about what's under that leprosy? Was it just a healing? Was it just a band-aid solution for the skin? Or did Jesus Christ produce a deep cleanse? Jesus said to him, I think that's verse 14, He charged the leper to tell no one but... Go show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing as a testimony to them, just as Moses commanded. 
There's the uh, typical, don't tell anyone, right? Remember, the crowds are getting in the way. The crowds actually stopped Jesus from doing most of his ministry, his ministry of preaching, proclaiming the kingdom. The crowds are chasing miracles rather than the miracle worker. And now here is a certain message Jesus wants proclaimed. This is the first time you hear Jesus saying, okay, be quiet to the crowds, but I want this message proclaimed. Don't tell just anyone. But go, show yourself to the priest. Very special audience. Make the offering. Make the connection with the Old Testament. Make that connection with the old law of Moses. And so the Lord Jesus was saying this to the leper in the days when the Old Testament temple was still up and running. You've got to imagine that time of Christ's ministry. There's still a temple in Jerusalem. There are still priests at that temple. There are priests in every town and village as well. They're working day and night, those priests do. They're not getting out very much. What are the chances that these priests would know much about the Lord Jesus until they're finished their two or three week shift? And now for the climax of the story, the Lord Jesus sends the cleansed leper into the heart of the Old Testament. The heart of the law of Moses. They've been waiting for thousands of years to follow the instructions that God laid out in Leviticus 14. I wonder how often Leviticus 14 was used. Almost never, I bet. Because that's the chapter. If there, if there were, not when there's a healing, but if there were a cleansing, then this is what a priest was to do with an offering. This is what he would do, and then he would wait for a week, and then he would check in again, and then they would declare the verdict finally that he was cleansed after all of this detailed info of Leviticus 14. The law had been waiting for such a day as this. And the priest would have to be scrambling, wouldn't they? Imagine they would be like, where's that quick reference handbook? There's something here about cleansing, if it were to happen. It's not like they do this once a week, or once a month, or once a year. And the point is, Jesus sends the cleansed leper over to the priest as a testimony. A witness. A proof. The leper is the announcement of Jesus Christ. Let it be known, the Christ is here. The anointed one. Jesus has cleansed me. And as you read, I, I'm, I, I really wish we had read all of Leviticus 13, but that's such a monstrous chapter. Maybe you would do it because you would get a sense of how miserable the job of the priest was. All the fine print detail of what to do. And the priests, I feel for them, they never had the power to do the cleansing. All that they could do was pronounce the clean or the unclean verdict. They were helpless medical examiners, those priests. All they could do was inspect and then, okay, you're allowed near to God or, 
or no, you're not allowed to near to God. You're acceptable or no, you're not acceptable. That's all they could do. And here's the day the leper arrives. Cleansed. And the leper, you imagine, Mr. Priest, check this out. Look, look at me. Look at my skin. Look at my hands, my feet, my side. Look, I, I brought the offering with me. Two birds and a few other things like the cedar and the scarlet and the hyssop. Go ahead. Do the Leviticus 14 thing. Mr. Priest, you, you've got to know this. There's a new temple in town. Mr. Priest, you've got to know this. Jesus Christ is here. The anointed one of God. A new temple. Someone greater than Moses. He does what you cannot do. Sorry to say. He does more than inspect. He does more than give judgment. He makes me clean. Congregation, have you ever heard of a temple that made you acceptable? A temple that made you holy and pure just by you coming in the direction of the temple? Just by coming and praying and crying out and drawing near? Because this is your Lord Jesus Christ. He opens the way to the Father. I could do nothing. It all depended on His heart. Was He willing? He was, wasn't He? Can you imagine a temple that says, come on in? This new temple does that. He urges you to draw near to God. That's the heart of the Lord Jesus. And He put out His hand to me. As I was. He touched me. And He did not get unclean. Anyone else, anyone in the Old Testament, Old Covenant, anyone else would have become unclean. They would have become disgusting and rejected. But He didn't. Oh, wait. Wait, He did. Jesus Christ did get rejected, didn't He? And brothers and sisters, you know this. Jesus did get put outside the camp. Hebrews 13 describes that. Jesus Christ was excommunicated. He was rejected. And you think of Jesus Christ from the cross crying out, Why have you forsaken me? Jesus Christ shouted to His Father, Why have I become disgusting to you? Because of your sins. So that you would be pure and clean. So come to Him, brothers, sisters. Come to Him for cleansing, for being acceptable, for being welcomed. And don't forget this one thing. This testimony. Don't forget to witness. 
Will you ever forget how the Lord Jesus Christ reached out to you? Are you speaking to people? How much are you speaking to people about the heart of Jesus Christ? The heart of God the Father? Come to me, he says. Do you witness? Do you give a testimony that he has touched you? An unclean person like you. And he said, yeah, that's why I came. I'm willing. I really want to do this. Why the Father sent me was to clean you. Don't forget your testimony. Do you not have a new heart? Isn't this something of a new heart, the Holy Spirit's working in you? Something pure now? We call it a new nature, Apostle Paul. Clean in your heart. Holy in your heart that you now have this desire to reach out to others? Do you reach out to the brokenhearted? The blind? The captive? The leper? You know people, whether it's in church or in your neighborhood at work or at school? Are you going to tell the unclean person to first clean themselves up before you reach out to them? Think of the nasty person that you know in your life. Someone who drives everyone else away. Will they scare you off? Are you disgusted by them? Or do you stay close enough to hear them cry out for help? Have you not been moved most by those who have reached out to you in compassion? You have the heart of Jesus Christ now. This is the leper's testimony. Your testimony. All I could do was come to Jesus and beg. And He was willing. He wasn't disgusted with me. He was willing. He was actually excited to reach out. This was amazing. And He sent me. Make sure you go and tell someone. Make sure you tell them about my love, my compassion. Amen.